We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Roadwire Prospect Podcast brought to you by Batflip, the team shuffling baseball card game. I'm your host, James Anderson, and it's going to be a rookie league focused show uh, for us in deep dynasty leagues. All the rookie leagues are underway and I couldn't think of anyone better to have on than my buddy, Chris Welsh, who's out in Arizona, uh, sees a ton of complex league ball. Uh, so thanks so much for joining me. Welsh, how are you doing? I am very, very excited to be here. It's a great week. Get to talk with you. Opening of complex league. Uh, I've been out. I haven't like, been at, I didn't do extended spring training. Uh, pretty much in spring training, I've just kind of been hauled up in my office here, just analyzing sports, doing all that type of stuff. But there is a freedom of being out at ballparks and these, you know, it, it feels like little league stuff, you know, watching games through fences and stuff like that. And I finally got to do that. So I feel a little bit more like myself, James, is what I'm saying. Back out at fields and I've been I already hit a couple and I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah, everything's back to normal now. Uh, got the complex action going up in your backyard. So, uh, I did, uh, I had an article that went up on, on RotoWire earlier today where I was kind of showing my kind of rankings, my personal rankings of the, the hitters in these three leagues. And, uh, I noticed like maybe for the first time ever, uh, it seems like the, the ACL, the Arizona context league might be uh, a bit more, uh, loaded at least near the top than the Arizona complex league. Uh, and I think part of that is just the the amount of high end guys who got jumped over the Arizona Complex League and went to Single A. Uh, Ethan Salas, most notably among them, uh, the top guy from last year or from this year's J thirteen class or J fifteen class, but then also also uh, Josue DePaula, uh, Nelson Rada, Luis Lara, all would have been in the ACL but got got jumped over that. Uh, do you have any kind of thoughts on on any of those guys? I, I know you were kind of leading the charge on on Ethan Salas. Uh, that's you know he's kind of looking like uh, maybe the the next great catching prospect along the lines of Adley Rutschman. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on on those guys who jumped over the ACL. Yeah, I can definitely say it actually was like two different paths of that because or actually three because Nelson Rada. I was expecting to see. And then he broke right out of spring training going. I think he was like the youngest player to go to a ball. And that was the first one. 
And then Louise Lara, which that would, this was another, it's not the same comp, but it felt very Jackson trio. Like, cause it's like, he should probably play in complex and they moved him up to eight ball. And he's done really well, by the way, Homer eight stolen bases, 288, completely playing a level above of where he probably should really good bat speed. So like that was kind of out of the way for me. So I was like, all right, that's okay. We can do this, James. I got Ethan Salas and DePaula. And I had had uh, an agent, I had done a, because of the whole thing, but I had an agent who was connected with Ethan Salas tell me way before any of this happened that Ethan Salas might uh, go right into low A ball. And I was like, holy crap, really? Well, then they were holding him through extended spring training. He didn't break with it. So I said, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him into Pollock. Seemed all the sense in the world like a week before complex open, they sent them out. And I was, my heart was broken because I wanted to get all the eyes on both of those players. But, um, you know, DePaul had some early struggles, which I don't know if I'm like super surprised about. I did catch him in, um, extended spring training, uh, not, uh, I guess, no, this was minor league spring training. It's not extended. And he was hitting the ball really well, but there's still some big swing and miss in his game. A ball has been more of a test than it has been with Ethan Salas. And like you said, like Ethan Salas, I fell in love with, and there was kind of a camp of felon Selston or Ethan Salas. And then the third camp would be who cares about J 15 anymore because they've been so bad for so many years. And as soon as I got my, uh, my mitts on Ethan Salas, I just decided like, this is the guy that's going to fix that. I, I became infatuated with him. Uh, the body is mature, and you guys can see that in some of the broadcasts you can see now. I thought the bat was way, way above what any of us would have thought, and it's come to life, and it's felt really good that that's happened because I have anointed him the guy that fixes the J-15 class and what we've really um, pushed down so much further because of how bad it's been, but... I'm not going to lie that it hasn't been disappointing. And I was just saying this to somebody yesterday. The ACL is a little bit tougher for me because you can't just go to any team and find one or two guys that we immediately know are high end. There's not. Um, I went to the Dodgers and Mariners yesterday, and that was a good one. You know, it had Lazaro Montes, Michael Arroyo, um, Samuel Munoz, Wilman Diaz. There were quite a few players, but that's not every single game. And it does seem like the talent is a little bit less than in previous years. I think the draft will fix that. There's a couple international guys that could come over, but um, it's going to be a little bit more of a stretch. And I have a bad tendency in complex sometimes to like hyper-focus myself on my filming and only get certain guys. And then, you know, down the line, someone will be really good. And you'll text me. You'll be like, do you, did you see this guy? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I did. I'm filming everybody. I'm not no punches being pulled here. I'm just filming everybody because I feel like there's more diamond in the roughs roughs to try to find in this league because there's not as many apparent, like I don't want to call them superstars, but like star star complex players to focus on. And the Florida league does have a little bit of advantage. Yeah. And I know I've, I've gotten people asking, well, like why would they wait two months and then send those guys to single a, uh, I think that that actually makes a ton of sense if you think about it, because uh, they can kind of work. They they can kind of get as prepared as they possibly can be for a couple months, um, and then they get assigned. But they don't get assigned so that they have to spend five months living the the full season life schedule as a seventeen year old or as an eighteen year old. They only have to do it for you know closer to like half a season, um, and they get that advanced level of competition. So I think it does make sense. Uh, I know it. it maybe is frustrating that 
Um, you know, people are waiting a couple months to see these guys start playing and then they go to the, the full season level anyway. But uh, I think it makes also, sense to, to hold those guys back a little bit. I do too. Also, it's like the inverse of like, you know, what we just saw with Alec Manoa, like Alec Manoa got sent back to the complex league and everyone's like freaking out. They're just going to rework stuff. It's kind of like the inverse of some of these younger guys. You got to remember Ethan Solace when he came in January, I think it was like, I was like there, like the day he flew in, like that's the first time the Padres really had a chance to like get their eyes, their coaches and see what he looks like in this gameplay that what did they have like a month and a half? Like Luis Lara, uh, DePaul, DePaul was here longer. DePaul was here back in instructs when I saw him, but it's, it's, it's time for the team and the coaches to really see what they have put them through the rigors of everything that's going to happen, get into competition and they can ask themselves, are these guys ready for harder competition? And guess what? Sol whether it took this long or not, Salas and DePaula answered that question that, listen, what they're going to face in complex is not going to be relative to where their development is currently at. So they pushed them. And all it was was they got to probably instill a few more things in before they sent them out. And also there could have been like, you know, they want to move a guy from a ball up a level and a spot opens up. And, you know, th this dance that happens, the dance is going to happen in a month when the draft happens and all these rookies are going to come in and they're going to have to start placing levels because, you know, they don't have short season ball and stuff like that. And it's just disappointing for me, but it, from a developmental standpoint, it's all good. It's all good. And it's, Hey, if anything, it's positive seeing 16, 17 year old guys moving up to a ball is bonkers in our world. And uh, Ethan solace is the most to get excited about. Did you make a, I don't know where you are on solace. He's tough. Cause he's a catcher. How aggressive are you on solace right now? Uh, I had trying him, to find out my level. I had him in the insane. like had him at eighty six, um, but I I submitted that uh, before he got assigned. Um, so, okay, so uh, you're but you're. I'm just trying to make sure you're you're like in the top seventy five range on Solace. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, cool. I mean, I think he's. It's just the the catcher, the ETA stuff. Uh, but if you're really into catcher phenoms, then he's the best version of that archetype you could find. Yeah, that's very um, true. I, you know, I think you know, Solace just turned 17. He's obviously just stock is through the roof. Uh, DePaula just turned 18. Uh, I just don't, nobody should uh, be panicking about DePaula right now. It's been four games and uh, nothing crazy with the strikeouts. Like, you know, I, I think for him, just to kind of be like a league average hitter this year at, at single a while, while getting to a little bit of game power. I think that, that would be kind of what I'd be looking for. That's the um, same thing so with Rada. I feel like Rada got a lot, like really heavy expectations. Uh, I love his swing, by the way. Like it feels very, um, who was I likening it to? Like maybe like a, it was like Wander Emmanuel Rodriguez. Or, like he just, he can really get on top of it, but like he hasn't been incredible. He's really not showing any signs of power. He's stealing bases a bunch, but I'm cool. I'm cool with everything that Rod is doing. I think he's the youngest, you know, full season guy that got put out there. I'm all good. And I, I completely agree. Like you shouldn't freak out. Like if he hits 150 the entire year, guess what's going to happen to DePaula? They're going to send him down to complex and say, whoops, we screwed up. But if he can get, like you said, league average, that's more than what we could probably ask for, for guys that again are being hyper pushed. These are, these are hyper pushed prospects that in years prior, there's no way guys like Salas and DePaula wouldn't have played complex. I mean, think back to the awesome 2019. 
Luciano, Luis Matos, Corbin Carroll, CJ Abrams. I mean, that was the complex rookie ball league and it played out uh, Bobby Witt, Bobby Witt Jr. All of those guys. That is, that is not the path of how teams are trading complex level players anymore. They're just skipping over and going to eight ball. So that's kind of like the new rhythm. There's, I don't think we'll ever see something like that again at rookie ball level, seeing the likes of wits and Carol's and Abrams all in one spot for a full rookie ball season. Yeah, but you were there. You got to see it all. Um, can you can you give before we get on to the specific guys to watch for this year? Uh, can you maybe give people sort of a, a summary or, or just a quick kind of uh, what is complex ball like? You know, what is the environment? What are the hitting conditions? What's the quality of pitching? Like, what is it like to succeed in this league or to struggle in this league? It's a really weird environment. Um, yeah, so yesterday I was out at the, Mar- the Mariners and Dodgers in Peoria and the gates aren't open, by the way. They- they're not doing it in stadium. Some teams will occasionally go in stadium, but it's usually on the backfields. So I have to like go through the player parking lot and walk in and I'm standing talking to a couple people. We're kind of in the grass and we're the people. There's a couple families that show up and Cesar Hernandez uh, or uh, Cesar as uh God, what is his name? Um, is Turris Jr.? He's with the mayor. I just completely... Yeah. Did I get it right? Cesar is Turris Jr.? I think so. He walks out and he and he gets his big smile on his face and he goes, oh, fans. He's like, we're having fans here. Like these guys have experienced extended spring training with nobody around and having three or four faces that they haven't seen every single day was like, whoa, there's fans out here and they get excited about that. Um the the competition is something that the guys are used to because they've been playing it, but now the stats count. The pitching is usually bad. It's, you know, DSL, repeat players that have been in rookie ball mixed with rehab assignments. So yesterday, Daniel Hudson uh, just walks up. He took his own car, walks in about 20 minutes before the game, and he's rehabbing and he starts the game. So Victor Labrada and Michael Arroyo for the Mariners are going up against Daniel Hudson, who could be closing for the Dodgers in a little bit. So there's a weird pitching mixture in this league that's going on between plenty of rehab assignments and really rough pitchers that you'll see a lot of walks. Um, you actually see a lot of breaking balls here because I think you get these these guys that are trying to develop command on uh, whether it's changeups or sliders and stuff like that, which equate to a lot of walks. Um We've had a lot of wind lately, so some balls are starting to travel. There's a lot of offenses out here, and it is is also a mixture of 17-year-old Dominican Summer League kids with 22-year-old or 24-year-old guys that are trying to rehash their career, and then you're going to get draft prospects in. So it is the ultimate collection of raw talent across the board, that have inflated numbers by poor pitching. So you do kind of get focused when a pitcher stands out. That's something to pay attention to. You don't completely ding a guy just because they get beat up because, you know, the the higher elevation, uh, you can get some summer winds, balls are traveling and stuff like that. And it is hot. It is, they call it the fire league. In about a month, (laughs) these guys, even though it'll be 7 p.m. when they're playing a game or 6 p.m., It'll be 112 degrees. So, you know, the, the back end of the league gets worn out. So hopefully that kind of helps it throughout here. It's a weird, crazy thing with 
very little fans, lots of scouting analysis that's going on, rehabbing guys and guys that are trying to establish themselves in their big front of their career. And um, I have to, I got to be careful about it sometimes because the raw talent sometimes pushes over to my analysis on older players. And I, and I get it kind of mixed up sometimes, but this is just guys you're looking for like projectable bodies and good signs of skill sets, whether they can hit for average, not strike out and strike the ball really hard. And uh, you know, then we try to decipher through all the craziness. Great. I love that. Uh, that kind of explanation of, of the league. It's, it's definitely a different beast from, you know, any of the other, the other stuff we usually cover. Um, yeah. And you're watching but, games through fences, by the way, I took a picture and put it on my Instagram, just welcome to Arizona complex league. And it's, literally half of my time is standing up to a fence and putting my camera through a fence. And that is how I'm watching baseball games. And it is so weird. Well, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to get out there and, and be there in person to give us these live looks and uh, to, to be the first set of eyes on, on these guys. It's, it's really appreciated by people like me who, who live in uh, places like Wisconsin. Um, so, We'll be right back. Going to head to a message from our sponsors, but when we get back, Welsh is going to give us the three hitters he's most excited to watch this year in the Arizona Complex League. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Bat Flip, the team shuffling baseball card game, is a gamer's love letter to baseball. 
Step into the role of manager, build your team, shuffle it up, and deploy it in an action-packed three-inning game. Each of the over 140 player cards is unique with its own special stats and abilities. Each team has its own powers and strategy. Flex your financial muscles as the New York money bags, bunt and steal your way to victory as the Sioux City small ballers, or deliver takeout slides and head bunting pitches as the Detroit dirt bags. 12 teams in all, Batflip was designed by avid fantasy baseball players and made its pre-release debut at First Pitch Arizona 2021. It's been played by the likes of Ron Chandler, Eno Saris, Ray Murphy, and Phil Goyette. Did you grow up collecting baseball cards? Do you collect them now? Then Batflip is for you. Do you like collectible card games like Magic the Gathering or the Pokemon card game? Do you like online card games like Hearthstone or Marvel Snap? Then Batflip is for you. Batflip features fast-paced strategic card play and endless replayability. Utilize your best players and special abilities at the most pivotal moments, and then when the time is just right, swing for the fences and flip that bat. Order your copy now at batflip at batflipgame.com. That's batflipgame.com. All right, Welsh, we're back. All right, so I gave you the homework assignment of uh, three hitters you're looking forward to uh, seeing in, in the ACL. Uh, where do you want to go first here? All right. Uh, I will, uh, by the way, this was a harder task than I thought it was going to be because like you said, yeah, talents a little bit washy and dicey. I, I do want to point out maybe the number one, and this is a little bit selfish. It's not a player, but it is a, is a theme is the rehabbing guy. Uh, Chase DeLauder made his pro debut with the guardians. I'm always focused on any guy that's rehabbing. And that is a cool thing that you get. You get major leaguers that come out here. Uh, George Valera, which I wish I could get to the Guardians. Guardians access is probably the worst of anybody. Um, that would be a great team to go and see, would be uh, DeLauder and George Valera. But I did pick out three players that I hone in on as players I want to see that I'm excited to see extended looks at. Because I will tell you, Maybe one of the most exciting singular players I'd like to just you know get a couple eyes on is like Jason Churio, who's playing. Jackson Churio's brother for the Guardians is playing out here with Delauder and them. But like I don't know if I put him at the top of the list. Like I have to see him, but I don't know if it's like I want to make sure I see him time and time again. So picked out three players that I plan to really put a focus on. Number one, actually didn't play yesterday, and I went to see him, and apparently he has a little injury. Hopefully it's nothing serious and because he was out there dressed, it's Lazaro Montes with the Mariners and the Mariners got a lot of guys, you know, they've got Michael Arroyo who I did get to see almost put him on here. Felnin Selston. I would have put on here if he was here and then he didn't just get injured. He's out six to eight weeks. This happened in the Dominican summer league. So that is going to put probably uh, a kibosh on him at all playing in the complex league with that setback. But Lazaro Montes is a player that is a monster of a physical specimen. He's listed at 6'3-210. No, sir. He is probably closer to 6'5. He was actually a lot bigger in spring training when I saw him. It looks like he's cut down. He looks a little bit more trim, a little bit more muscle. I saw him yesterday. He looks good. Um, maybe he's sitting 220. He's just a monster of a physical human being. In 2022 in the Dominican Summer League, 10 homers, three stolen bases while hitting 284 which was impressive, but 
big strikeout numbers. And I saw a little bit of that in spring in some uh, just comp, uh, some workouts they had, some scrimmage games they were going on. Big swing and miss. Uh, he's just, just a giant guy. And I want to see how he's going to go out here. You know, the pitching is a little bit wonky. I want to see, is he going to be able to turn on fastballs? How does he go against secondaries? Because if he hits for average and he cuts those strikeouts down, he will be the most impactful back bat out of all of these guys. I just don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't know where you are on Lazaro Montes, James, because that's a guy that I think there's a lot of excitement in general, but I feel like there is some big man, big swing stereotypes that are sitting with him. And I want to make sure I'm focused on him, but are you at all in on Montes? Yeah, he was my, like, I, I thought it was, I mean, he was the guy that I was the highest on relative to everyone in that J 15 class. Mm. Um, I, I, like just really loved the power potential. I've got him as like a borderline top 100 guy right now. Uh, so I, I've, but I, I thought you did a great job kind of uh, describing uh, where he's at and, and we'll, we'll be watching for the, the quality of the at bats, you know, is he uh, selling out for power? Uh, I don't, I want him to kind of sell out for uh like the hit tool and the OBP because like he's he's so big and he's got so much power that he he will get plenty of over the fence um, bombs this year if he's just focused on having good at bats and so that I think that's like the key for him but he, he'd be my number one in, in the ACL as well. Yeah, you said that really well, too. I can't find the video. and I don't even know if I ever tweeted it, but I have video during spring where he was absolutely selling out for power, just swinging through his damn shoes. And that's what I don't want to see. And I want to see quality at bat. So he's going to be a big focus. I'm actually going to go back out later this week. Uh, what I was told is like an ankle injury, but he was in full setup and he sat in the dugout the whole time. He just didn't play. So I'm hoping he's all right and he's going to get out there soon. I assume he is because he was supporting the team. So that's number one. Uh, Number two is one of the guys that is already like really doing damage out here. Diane Jorge with the Colorado Rockies. Um, Really interesting bat that big, long, lengthy guy, six foot three, probably around a buck 70. At least that's what the uh, label on is right now. Uh, In 2022, he was over in the Dominican Summer League, played both different levels. He ended up hitting 324 homers, 13 stolen bases, didn't strike out. He's out here in two games so far in complex, hitting 444. He's already put up two doubles. He's walked three times, has not struck out once. The Rockies destroyed yesterday. I think they put up like 23 runs on who they played. So it was crazy. That's what that's what can happen with the complex league too, by the way, is insane amount of runs can get going. And uh, Diane Jorge, D-Y-A-N, is one of, I think, the most intriguing, big offensive potential guys. And he's already hitting successfully. I just haven't gone out and saw him. But this is a guy that, um, for better or worse, the Rockies have actually done a pretty good job developmentally. Um, Hernandez has been really good. Uh, Adel Amador has been pushing up. And this might be the next run of guy with power speed combinations. So uh, I'm really focused on him. I And the Rockies actually usually don't play in complex, by the way. I think it's the first time in God knows how long they usually don't participate, which is super weird. Teams have the option if they don't want to do that. And uh, I'm excited that there are some Rocky players out there. And he is probably one of the most exciting international guys. So Jorge is out there. Um, anything on him before I give the third one? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned how 
uh, good Jan Kiel Fernandez has been, uh, who's at high A. Uh, Fernandez is just three months older than Jorge. So, like, at 20, I there's almost just not really much Diane Jorge can do in the ACL um, to really shoot up my rankings. Like I just, I need him to get to, to single a um, True. just because he's, you know, all the other guys we're talking about here are 18 and he's 20. So uh, he's, he's as got as much pedigree as anyone in that league and the tools are there. It's great body, like you said, but just, you know, for me, 18, and ideally like 17 or a young 18, that's kind of the sweet spot for, for complex ball. For me. Yeah. It's funny. Like with age to level stuff, the only thing I would say though, is like based on what he's done professionally, if he had been around for like three years, I might feel differently. Like going stateside. I agree that you can't read too much into it, but if he's going to hit 400, he's going to move quick. This might be a move, uh, a guy that moves quickly in the organization. So that's kind of one of the the reasons why I'm excited about him. The third one is actually newer to me. And it's I put him on this list because of what I saw on, on uh, Monday when I went out. And it's Kansas City Royals' Austin Charles. Austin Charles was not, I, I definitely was on my radar of like, okay, this is one of the guys I want to pay attention to when I'm out here. But after seeing him, this has got me excited. I want to get extended looks. Charles is 19 years old. He's a shortstop. He's a huge physical specimen. Six foot four, over 200 pounds. First game, hits a triple. A little bit dicey. It's on my Twitter handle. Wind was going nuts, and it went over um, one of the Padres outfielders, Eddie Beltre, maybe. I'm forgetting who it was. Um, uh, Yandra Rojas, maybe. Yandri Rojas. And uh, you see him flying gazelle across the bases. Gave me CJ Abrams vibes again, but he's bigger physical. Then yesterday hits his first pro home run. He's hitting 455 in the league right now. He's already got five hits, couple RBIs in there. He struck out, which we got to watch, but a double, a triple, a homer. He's hit for the cycle essentially in the AFL. I think this is a guy that really might move up boards based on body projections and the way he's hitting. He's not quite Jorge's age. Maybe he's a little bit out of an age that you might want to see, but like, I think he is one of the most physically talented players that I've seen so far. And I really want to see if he's going to be able to like lay off of off speed stuff. He did have a really bad hack in the first game I saw. So this is a player I'm close enough to the Royals as well. I want to watch a lot of to make sure that this might be the real deal, but I think he's super exciting. And I picked him over, you know, Jason Churio who's out there. And there's probably other couple names we could float out that might've been more exciting, but Austin Charles, I think is a player that we might all start be uh, talking about here in the near future. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you went with him. Uh, I put him kind of towards the back of the back half of my top 400 on the last update. Uh, he got, uh, over 400 grand from Kansas City in the 20th round last year. So uh, just got a, a, a really decent uh, amount of their pool with the, their uh, 20th round pick. Um, but he, you know, you're, he is on the older side, but with his sort of contextual stuff, like this is the type of guy where I think there's a, there's a decent excuse for him being, old for this level like the Royals yeah. drafted him knowing that he's going to be raw um he's just not someone that was ready to get sent out to full season ball uh and so I you know I think it's it's going to be very interesting to watch 
what he does over the over the coming weeks because I, I think the upside is there with him. I mean, that's why they that's why they gave him that bonus. Um, the upside is there with him where it's it's really exciting uh, despite the age. And you know what's so funny too is like it's just not you don't physically see guys like him, especially in like that Royals organization. It's actually more of like a Rangers type of guy. Um, oh yeah, I mean, totally. He, he it's it, like I see him and I see all of the Rangers prospects I've seen before. He's, like AJ Preller, back when AJ Preller was with the Rangers, they would just take you know two guys like this in every draft where there was like a 90% chance they just weren't going to hit enough, but exactly. (laughs) Well, he's so physically like there's more body projection in there. He runs like crazy. He, I, I didn't get to see the numbers. I'm going to imagine there's some really good hard hit numbers are in there. He's a really smart kid, very nice guy too. one easy to root for. And based on age to level stuff, I don't think it's absurd if he keeps dominating that he just moves up the system. I don't think he's going to hit high A or anything this year, but he's one of those guys where I think it's rookie ball. He goes to A ball, plays in instructs, goes to high A next year. And then if things keep working out, he can move through the system. Because like I said, when you talk about projections, and that's the weird thing about this league too, you kind of get enamored with a guy that's six foot four, 200. Cause you also see a lot of guys that are like five foot five, 140 pounds. And it's such a weird mixture of players and, and where they're going to be. The physically talented kids do grab your eye a little bit more, but uh, that's why you want to pay attention to like consistent results. You don't have to be like, Oh my God, he's going to be this because he hit this. No, it's just, can he be consistent? And will that power and speed get to click? That's one of those guys that I think it that could. So he was uh I put it in my uh my in this league Patreon. He's my first like keep my eyes on guy, and it was enough for me to jump him into kind of the top three of players to get excited about here and watch until the draft. So the I'll just give my like from my my article that went up today that the top five guys I had in the ACL were were Montes, uh, Michael Arroyo, who you know we we know about Michael Arroyo, really good hit tool, second baseman with the Mariners. Um, Myro Shendrick Martinus with the Dodgers. Love him. Saw him yesterday, by the way. Love him. Super smart guy. He casually told me, by the way, he's just like, oh, yeah, he's, he's from uh, Caracas. He's like, uh, I just speak like four languages. There's like this nonstop. Someone was asking him about like the how many he speaks. He's like, oh, I only speak like four. And I'm like, what a flex. He is the nicest, good guy. Also, uh, I didn't mean to jump on what you're saying, but like very talented player. They do have him hitting lower in the order. But I really, really like his approach. A Dodger team is going to be one to watch. I completely agree. He would have made my top five if we if I was doing five. And then uh, Oswaldo Osorio with the Dodgers and Jason Churio uh, would round out my top five. Um, but uh, there's there's a lot still uh, in the ACL, even though it's a down year. There's there's guys with pedigree. There's guys with tools. Um, so. Uh, I'm sure plenty of other guys will. Sorry, is a big boy, by the way. I saw him yesterday. He was. What do you think? He, what do you think his measurements are? Um, I go back on the video. I don't know, like six two. I mean, one ninety maybe six one two hundred somewhere in that general range. I don't I have no idea what he's listed at. I couldn't. Even it's the it. well. It, it's almost like who cares what he's listed at because those listings are just so. Inaccurate. Is it? But is it one of those hilarious <laughs> ones where they list him at like five foot nine, one hundred and fifty uh, pounds? I don't think it's that. Uh, I mean, it's not. Yeah, that you will get somewhere. It's like five foot seven. Um, no, he he's listed six one one seventy one. 
Okay, so I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up. I was going to see if, uh, I mean, it's a waste of time here, but I actually might have, I have a picture of some of these guys. Yeah, here, look right here. I'll just show my phone here. So that's kind of a, you know, big low. He's more than 171. He's definitely more than 171 <laughs> when you look at that. You can definitely see that yeah. on the on the power front. All right, so let's let's head to the Florida Complex League. Um, this one, like like I was sort of saying uh, earlier in the show, uh, there's there's maybe some more kind of name value in the Florida Complex League. Uh, I wouldn't say there's more talent. I, I think there's the leagues are about equal in terms of talent. But uh, where do you want to go first uh, in terms of which players you're most excited uh, to see what they they do uh, statistically at least in the FCL? Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit less boring about this because I don't live in Florida and I can't do that. But there are plenty of guys I get excited about. I'm going to change one that I sent to you. Here's what the I'm going to do a throw in. This player I had on here, but it was more about am I going to be in or out? But he's coming off the list. It was uh, Diego Benitez with the Braves. I really wanted to see what this was going to be all about. Uh, it hasn't gone well in two games. I believe he has one hit. It was a double, though, striking out a little bit. I want to see just overall how he was going to physically grow. This is a big international prospect, but he's coming off the list. Number one, I kind of think has got to be obvious. It's got to be Roderick Arias uh, overall. Big international prospect with the Yankees. This is one we've been waiting to see stateside. He had a bad showing in the Dominican Summer League last year. Hit under 200. Bunch of strikeouts, just like under 50%. I think it was 40-something percent. Um, stolen bases were there. Homers were there. How is he going to uh, how is he gonna do here? 18 years old. He's gonna be 18 for the majority of the year. So that's good. Age to level makes a lot of sense. So far, hitting 300. Uh, he did already put up his first homer and his first stolen base. And here's a semi-positive: no strikeouts in the first two games. One walk, no strikeouts. The pedigree was very, very high on Roderick Arias, but he is one of those pieces where a lot of people would have been like, you know what? I'm done with this whole J15 ranking class. Robert Poisson didn't work. Uh, Reggie Preciado's not, and they're not working. We're ranking them too high. The upside doesn't make any sense. Let's pick them up later. Let's not have them high. And I think Roderick Arias might've been one of the last straws because that whole class from the Carlos Colmenares all the way up to Roderick Arias in that uh, realm of a couple of years, just disappointed. And people are kind of sick of it. And that's why like my big pushback on Ethan Salas this year, but this is why I'm hyper-focused on Roderick Arias. I want to see if he's going to succeed. Uh, I wish there could be some broadcasts. I wish there was more me's there in Florida to get video so we can see him. We will see video. But Roderick Arias is at the very uh, tippy top for me. Do you disagree that Roderick Arias? Is, is he, he had to have made your top five. There's no way he didn't. Uh, I had one I'll guy ahead him. of him. I had one guy ahead of him. Um, so I had him, I had him too. Uh, okay, so at least I, he's there. He's there. Um. So yeah, no, I, I think I'm definitely in the, like, I wasn't, uh, I, I was never really that big on Christian Vaccaro, but I was definitely bigger on Arias than Vaccaro. And I would still stay with Arias over Vaccaro, uh, just from the sort of Uber pedigree guys in the FCL this year who kind of had disappointing, uh, runs in the DSL. I think you can, there's stuff you can find in, in Arias's DSL numbers that are kind of encouraging. Like, I don't think the swing decisions were that bad. Uh, he's, he hits the ball hard. He, he's, he's a fast runner. I think he's got a good body. So um, I, I'm very excited to see what he does this year too. I think uh, in 
you know, you kind of know if you're in the right size league or not, but like, I think he's a good guy to just scoop up now. If, if it's a shallow enough league where he's out there, kind of see where it goes because um, it could have just been, you know, a small sample working on some stuff thing in, in the DSL. So I, I like that you went with Arius first. Yeah, that, that would be my top guy. Number two, you already said him. I'll just blow by. This is what I forgot to even email you. Uh, Christian Vaccaro. Christian Vaccaro, like, he kind of jumped up. But he kind of became the big guy, another big physical guy, six foot three. They list him at 180. You're probably closer to 200 now. And uh, last year, I mean, the stolen bases were through the roof. 55 games, stole 17, hit 256. The power wasn't there. He only had four doubles and one homer, also throw a triple. So of his 45 hits, nine of them were extra base. So, you know, where is that going to end up going? He's over here now playing 11 at bats, hitting 273, stolen base. No homers are there. I'm trying to see. Yeah, he hasn't had an extra base hit yet. So that's another big focus. And I'll just throw out the other guy. I hadn't perused through the rosters maybe enough because now I'm curious. I, I don't know if Vaquero was your number one of wanting to watch. And maybe there's a name you don't have. But my number three was, um, hopefully I'm saying his name right, uh, Kiner Delgado with the mm-hmm. Yankees. That's one of those guys that had a really great Dominican Summer League. And maybe this is your number one. 34 stolen bases, three homers, 16 doubles. Think about that with Vaquero. Had an over 500 OBP, had more walks, almost double the walks of strikeouts, 58 walks to 28 strikeouts. Smaller guy, really want to see where the body's gone because they list him at like 5'7", 145. But he just had an absolutely monstrous Dominican Summer League but you do want to pay attention to the age level stuff. He was 18 there. He's mm-hmm. 19 the whole season here. So Delgado, Vicaro, Arias were my top uh, Florida complex league players that I want to pay attention to. Yeah. Uh, I had, I had Vicaro four and, and Delgado five. So glad you mentioned. Ooh, both who did them. I miss number um, one? Well, so I, I'm just, I don't know. I think you might've just spaced on it, but you've been really high on, on Yasser Mercedes, right? A hundred percent. I that is a space on me. Again, I didn't go improve no, every I, single roster. I, you got Mercedes, a lot going. You got a lot one. going on, and I I made you do thousand percent. So I yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we you know I I think for me it's Mercedes over Arias just because Absolutely. of what he did in the DSL. Uh, you know Arias had a bit more pedigree, but Mercedes was still like an Uber. Uh top guy from that class and uh just Speed has, numbers were wild in the Dominican Summer yeah. League too rating over a nine I think he had 30 yeah, 30 stolen bases I love Yasser's the top 100 guy for me where yeah, those others are not he's not I've got Yasser kind of in the in the Mont Lazaro Montes borderline top 100 like I've got those guys sort of in the they're ready to they're ready to go up um but uh, just kind of want to see a little bit more, uh, especially stateside with him. But he's yeah. based based on what he did in the DSL. He's a guy that can do it all, and so, uh, and I'd love for you know, you kind of mentioned it, but I, I'd love it if someone, if anyone's out in Florida that just kind of wants to, uh, maybe start writing about Florida complex league prospects. Like that's there's definitely a market for that. Um, Isn't it weird that we have like maybe not a I don't know how you I don't know if you'd be able to monetize it, but there there would be a Twitter market for that. There'd be a great Twitter market for it. Yeah, trust (laughs) me, the monetization is not really there uh, outside of having all of it. But isn't it weird how I'll even admit there's like a little bit of oversaturation. Like I do go out to these games and I see like 
Uh, there's a couple other like prospect people. Uh, they don't talk to me, by the way. <laughs> there's one that I see this guy that's doing stuff. He's never said anything to me. But like there's a couple of those. There's a couple of fans. There's like multiple video. There's actually a lot of video people that are out there. Even if I was not doing it, there's other people that are out there. Uh, maybe not at the same degree, but in complex. It's just not that way in Florida. I don't know what that's about. It, there's there's way more of a thirst for it out here in Arizona than there is in Florida. Maybe it's because they're more spaced out too. I can get anywhere in 40 minutes here. I know there's like, you know, you might have to go up to three hours to go between one park to another. So maybe that's part of the lack of it. But yeah, it would be nice if there was just a little bit more access. But I know there are a few people that are probably like waving their hands like I do video. Make yourself known. Go get us Yasser Mercedes, please. Yeah, if you get a video of Yasser Mercedes hitting the ball out, just tag uh, Welsh Rye and uh, we'll, we'll retweet it for you. I'm typing um, right now too. I'm on Twitter to see, has anybody posted any recent video and I see nothing. So I'm just, dis- I'm very disappointed in everybody. Um, so yeah, I had Mercedes one, uh, Arias two, and then uh, I had another twin at three, Jose Rodriguez, uh, just big time power hitter, super young. Uh, he gets, he's kind of the, the opposite of Kiner Delgado where, uh, Jose Rodriguez of the twins. Um, he is, let's see, he's still 17. He turns 18 here, uh, this weekend. So he'll be one of the youngest hitters in the FCL, uh, kind of, a towards the bottom of the defensive spectrum type of guy. Uh, but the power, 13 homers and 55 games in the DSL, um, just big time, big time juice. So I just want to see how that translates over for him. Uh, they got they got a couple other guys too. They do. Uh, Byron Churio, Byron Churio. The, he's out um, there. Mikel Brian Acuna. Hernandez, Brian Acuna. Yeah, Brian Acuna, Michael Hernandez, uh, Jordani de los Santos. Like I am jealous of that league right now. Yeah. Um, so that we basically covered my top five. Um, so with Del, with Delgado, it, you know, there's actually a couple guys from, you know, the, the DSL, the numbers, it's so tough because uh, pitchers are so bad that if you just go up to the plate and you're just kind of like, I don't really feel like swinging uh, this time, you'll probably be able to just draw a walk. And so kind of Delgado is one of those guys where the, the, approach numbers would make it seem like he's he's got a really strong hit tool but i think we'll we'll get a better idea of that with a lot of these guys in the florida and the arizona complex leagues um so that's something to watch with him we'll we'll see how much the speed translate because again in the dsl i mean you can do this in the acl and fcl too but in the dsl especially i mean you can just run wild um so yeah really really excited to see all these guys uh if you want to see more of these names uh, you can check out that that article um, you ready? Should we move to the DSL? Yeah, whatever we got. Let's go. Uh, so I think you and I have the same top guy, Sebastian Walcott. Um, yep. what do you, what do you want to say about Walcott? Uh, Walcott was actually here. This, this is another one of those, like, I, I just, am like Pollyanna sometimes about it. When these guys come over and they're here working in spring training, my assumption is stay, don't let them go. Don't let them go back. So it was a shock when Felon Selston came out here and then went back to the Dominican Summer League. Sebastian Walcott was here for a while. He was playing in some backfield games. He was working out with a lot of these guys. The Rangers had him essentially like Ethan Solace the whole time, and then they sent him back, and I really thought we were going to get Walcott in uh, the Arizona Complex League to start. So I was super disappointed because physically, 
there's everything to be excited about. Like he actually kind of reminds me of Austin Charles, except Austin Charles is a little bit thicker, but Sebastian Walcott has, I think a little bit more upper body potential that's going to be out there. Um, big, big swing, not like overtly like going to swing over stuff, but big bat speed. There is some crazy, crazy good physical talent in him. Uh, he's already played, I think, three games in the Dominican Summer League, hitting 222. He's already stole a base. It's a five-tool potential, and I would have loved to have seen it materialize here, but it's going to be a little bit in the Dominican Summer League, and then they're going to bring him back. He's only 17 years old, going to play the whole year at 17, but I can almost guarantee at least maybe the final month of the complex league, he'll come back out here so he can do instructs and that's going to be great. That'd be great if we can get some stateside stuff, as long as he's succeeding over there, there is some swing. I feel like the Rangers have had some big swing and miss issues with guys, but you just want to talk about tools versus talent versus what the actual production is going to be. I'm not going to focus too much on if Walcott does have any struggles in the Dominican summer league, but I just don't think he will because I think, mm-hmm. That stateside work, working with coaches, playing with guys like, you know, Maximo Costa and, and uh, Yesa Moribel and uh, uh, Figueroa, all those guys that like he was working with. The, I saw him working with those players. I think he's going to take that over to Dominican Summer League, and I think he's going to dominate, and that's going to bring him back here. He's probably the most exciting talent of all those guys. There's a couple other you know, um, international guys that got drafted that will be there. But Sebastian Walcott has some of the biggest potential of anybody. And I think, I feel like he's one of those guys where, I don't know your take on this, take solace out of it. But like everyone's talking about solace and Selston. Sebastian Walcott could jump everybody. Like maybe not solace, but he could jump the rest of the crew. Don't be shocked if Walcott is seen in better light than Selston in a year and a half or something like that. Like that's the type of skill set this kid has out of the Bahamas, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, I ranked Walcott over Selston on on my last update just because it it seems like it seems like the tools are basically the same, and Walcott gets a bit better reviews for the hit tool than Selston does. Uh, but that's, I mean, I'm just kind of working off of like what Ben Badler's got out there and stuff. Like, I just really have no. Uh, expertise on what these guys are bringing to the table yet. Um, But I think someone asked me in my article comments, you know, of course, of course the first question I get is who out of the listed above has the best chance to reach an Ellie de la Cruz esque level. Yeah. Uh, Who's the, who's the next number one. Who's the next de la Cruz. And so it's like, well, here, here's the next Ellie de la Cruz. I'll tell you. Um, But uh, I, I said Walcott just because we haven't seen really anything so like i think i can already rule out lazaro montas being that guy i can already rule out michael arroyo being that guy i agree um you know maybe yasser mercedes would have been a, a good answer there too Roderick arias but like when you're asking these these questions where it's like how can i win the lottery basically with a prospect ad your your best chance is really the guy with the less the least amount of of data out there because we we can rule out with these guys pretty quickly, whether they're going to be an Elliot of the Cruz type. So I also uh, feel like the Rangers have, uh, and, and this is, I might be, you know, talking out of one end because I'm a little bit biased. Be, it, most people know, like I live next to the Rangers complex, so I can go there anytime I want easy. I can almost walk there and I go there a lot. And I'm not saying that other organizations don't do this, but in my time of going to backfields and the complexes and stuff, I, 
I've seen a push in the right direction where I don't see some of them doing that with like the Rangers. I, I saw, I took a picture in the enduring spring training of like, they're starting to use like the weighted vests during BP and the, um, I'm forgetting the name of it, like the TrackMan vest where, you know, they can get that information and have on the fly changes. They did that on a field session that I took a picture of. And I thought like, that's really good. And I feel like that organization has also put a big emphasis on um, big max EVs, like hard hit barrels. And you're seeing, yeah, you saw Maury Bell. You guys go to RotoWire's Bad at Ball Data, which is an invaluable tool. If you guys are subscribing, you should. You can see James's list and you get that Bad at Ball Data. Issa Moribel pops up and we've seen this time and time again. Maybe some guys that don't work, but you see Rangers that will pop up on there. And it's like, if they're optimizing, Sebastian Walcott is a player that you want optimized. And I feel encouraged about that, that they're moving in the right direction to push those players and, you know, Maury Bells to, um, to Anthony Gutierrez, to Luis Angel Acuna. These guys are working and lower levels have kind of reaped some positive benefits. And Walcott would be one of those players that, like you said, like you want to talk about sky's the limit. Walcott has the potential to steal a bunch of bases, hit a bunch of homers, could tap in where like Montes is going to, like size out of stolen bases. There's no way Arroyo doesn't have the power potential. Uh, Charles might, Charles actually might be one of those players, but I think Walcott way bigger upside. So yeah, we're both, we're both in love. We both love him, and hopefully he comes over here uh, very, very soon. Yeah. Rotowire.com slash sale. If you want to check out that hard hit data and check out my uh, rookie league hitters article, that's up on the site. Um, I guess if I was going to throw out one more DSL name, um, I'd maybe say Emmanuel Bonilla with the Blue Jays. But sure. uh, we could just, I mean, there's there's a ton of exciting guys with with great tools, and we just don't know how much they're going to hit yet. But um, I'd have said Selston, but you know, six right. to eight weeks, he's out. So that kind of really puts a big uh, damper. And this is all to say, all of the stuff we just talked about, this isn't including the draft class, not the Dominican Summer League. But as soon as this draft comes down in about a month, we are going to get inundated with a whole right. new set of talent, which might push some of these players out of this league. Um, it might push players from the DSL over. And the league does change because now you're going to get, you know, maybe a college bat for a week, a college pitcher, a high school pitcher that's going to come out here. And then you might get some big impactful players that it's going to change the whole scope. So it's like, we kind of have to, we have to reform the league in about five weeks because it's going to look different, but this is like a, a good four to five week um, uh, blueprint of what we want to focus on in the, on the ACL and FCL before everything does have a big draft change. Absolutely. Uh, Welsh, why don't you let people know, uh, what else you got going on? I know you've been a very busy man lately, but uh, where can people kind of follow along with what you're doing? Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter. Is it the Welsh? If you guys want to check out some of the stuff, uh, I'm actually tomorrow. I think I'm releasing my updated top 500 for the month of June. My dynasty list top 400. It also has the P180Ps I do, which is like a prospect ADP. And I'm also going to be putting out my first run of initial first year player ranks for the upcoming draft class top 25 to 50 somewhere in there for this run. And then we'll keep going. You guys, my Twitter will kind of get you everywhere. I'm on a lot of shows right now. Uh, the most applicable one to this is prospect one. I just released an episode uh, this past week. 
where you know got all the stuff you can subscribe to the podcast check out there and like i said you follow me on twitter you'll see the other stuff i do do a prospect show um again if i'm focusing on prospects here uh rates and barrels i'm on on tuesday uh for a project prospect if you guys want to check that out but is it the welsh is the best place to see all the stuff that i got going on if you care well, I care. And uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to, to join me, buddy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to do it. And I, uh, I'm hoping to see that face in person soon, maybe in November. I just got to get you back out here. I miss you. I miss you, buddy. I miss uh, hanging out with you in person. Hope to do it soon. Yeah, likewise. Uh, well, you were just you were just in my neck of the woods. Did you go to you went to the Dells and, and you never? I no, never see, that's the confusion. I wasn't that oh. see, we have a Great Wolf Lodge here. And I didn't oh. know the Dells is like a oh, Great Wolf okay. Lodge uh, that you guys have out I, there. I didn't know it was a I didn't know it was a chain. Yeah. Did you actually, you know, what's so funny? It's next to Salt River Fields. Uh, my my window, <laughs> I took a picture of this outside of my hotel window was Salt River Fields. And that night, there's this actually really cool uh, museum that's next to Salt River Fields. It's uh, for Pearl Harbor. And I took my kids over to it and I'm looking over and they're playing night extended spring training games on the Rocky side. So the Rockies are playing an extended spring training game at like, you know, 7 p.m. at night while I'm over at a Great Wolf Lodge and a Pearl Harbor. It's just, it's a weird, weird thing I had, but I wish if I was in <laughs> well, uh, Wisconsin, I would have came and found I, you. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I know I would not have necessarily jumped at the idea to, to go meet you at a water park in the Dells, but, um, <laughs> So you want to come and have a drink with me at the water park? Like, let's get, let's all get in our swimsuit and grab a cocktail and hang out in this communal (laughs) pool. Yeah. Next time though. Now I, but now I know how to get you though, if I do come there, but no, (laughs) unfortunately it's, I'm very selfish. It's like, everybody's got to come to me to see them. I need to be more well-traveled and hopefully I will be in the near future. All right, buddy. Well, really appreciate it. Nonetheless, uh, I'll talk to you soon. This has been the Rotary Prospect podcast brought to you by Batflip the team shuffling baseball card game. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.